It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. Al, what do you say, my man? What is up? Are you wanting to do a podcast, Jerry? Well, yeah, that's what the guy that just introduced us said. So oh, I think right, we have. the podcast. Uh, we're getting, uh, we're having some troubles, I guess, with the Apple Podcast with the podcast lately. Like some days it doesn't post at all. I didn't know we were on Apple Podcast. Um, cool. Yeah, well, I mean that's like the number one podcast. Is that true? Thing, yeah, we've been on since we started. Because we when I some... I just go to Google, I put in Al and Jerry podcast, yeah, and it comes and it right comes up, right up, right. I don't know where the hell it's from, but yeah, but whatever reason, Apple updated their podcast app, and okay. it screwed everything up. Like some days it doesn't show up at all, other days it shows up at four p.m. I hear other ya. days three episodes show up on one day and nothing. Like get it together. Yeah, this should not be this hard. No. I'm listening currently, Jerry, to the Joe Rogan podcast where he interviews Jacob Dylan from Wallflowers. Oh, that would be interesting it's to kind me. Of, it, I would say it is interesting so far, but this was really one where you can tell Joe Rogan prepared nothing. Really? Yeah, because like it's a little awkward in the beginning where they're just like shooting the crap. Uh, I mean, but amazingly, I think he got, you know, two hours rem- and 20 minutes out of it. Remarkable to me. Because if you listen to the beginning of it, you would be like, he has nothing prepared and doesn't know where to go. Hmm. But eventually, it gets into a a rhythm. Yeah, which is is interesting with um, Joe Rogan with that. Well, with anybody that's hosting a show, I mean, yeah. sometimes it can feel like you know you're literally dying yeah. ten minutes into a show, and you look up and you got three hours and fifty <laughs> minutes to go. Trust right. me, been there, done that. Been there, done that as a radio host. And then sometimes things just click in and and you take off. Yeah. So if that's what that is, that doesn't surprise me. But that would be an interesting one for me as a Bob Dylan fan. Yes. And then did they get into his his personal life as a child and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, not in deep because you could tell like. And it was funny, even when Joe Rogan asked the question about that growing up as Bob Dylan's kid, you could tell it's the question that's been asked a thousand yeah, times sure. to him. Sure. But he he gave a good answer. He was saying, like, um, you know, where he grew up in Hollywood or in Los Angeles, uh, he's like, it, it was didn't seem abnormal, and my friends could care less. He said that he was Bob Dylan, right? Yeah, their parents were weird around them, but the kids themselves didn't. I know guess, or care who Bob Dylan was. You know what? If you're growing up in Hollywood and in, in L.A., yes, it's like whatever. I mean, it's kind of like how long we've been doing this. Many years, Jerry. I almost feel bad when if we're out somewhere at an event and someone famous is in the room and, you know, like my wife might get excited and I, I really, I couldn't give really whatever. 
because we've been around it and we've seen it. You know, I almost feel bad that I'm so nonchalant with it and it's kind of a big thing for her. So I could see that if you're growing up in that area and you're around it, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, not a big deal. No, people are people. So I still probably have another hour of that podcast to listen to. Maybe (laughs) I get it the rest of my ride home today. But we were talking today about, uh, you know, the Stephen A. Smith thing, and it was interesting to me just in that, you know, a guy called up and asked, like, broadcast should broadcasters be supporting each other? You know, like, we'll hear a, a story like what happened with Stephen A. Smith or insert anybody in there who's gotten in any kind of trouble, Rachel Nichols, all this stuff. And you would think that it could happen to any of us at any time, right? 100%. Boomer and Geo talk on the air for four hours a day. Cartner Roberts, five hours a yep. day. You and I, an hour a day, you know. And inevitably, you will screw up when you're talking um, off the cuff for all this time. So you would think broadcasters would try to defend each other, but we generally don't, which is weird. And I remember Howard Stern talking about this many years ago when he used to get in trouble with the FCC for Mm -hmm. like indecent and that sort of language. He was like, you would think broadcasters would want to defend other broadcasters, but they back then they everybody just watched him. (laughs) Yeah, everybody wanted to take him down because he was he was too giant of a competitor, you know. But then it got to talking about, we were talking about like a, a caller had called up and said, you know, ESPN hires Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless works for who now? Uh, Fox? Okay. I, I mean, honestly I have even, no idea. I don't even know. Either. He works with Shannon Sharp, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that's I on think FS1. that's Fox. I think so. But like they hire these guys and pay them all this money because they're controversial, right? They'll say things that'll make people take notice. And then you get reprimanded for doing it. So it's like, well, which... What do you want? What do you want? Do I you, agree. Do you, uh, do you want us to be controversial and get ratings, or do you not? Because, right, because they're going to run from it, probably. Right. Because in order to be controversial and get ratings, you have to say things. And that used to be even a thing, like in as particularly in talk radio, where you might not even believe personally what you were saying. You're doing a show. Yeah. So you were going to take a controversial side of a topic and fight as if your life depended on it, defend it and all this stuff, just to be controversial. We do it in sports. We do it in sports radio. Yeah. There are hosts that will take a controversial side to something, even if they don't believe it, just to spark conversation, uh, just be thought-provoking, and yet they'll walk out of here and be like, well, you know what, I might not have believed that, but that was a good four hours, that was fun. Yeah. You know, when you get into these other topics, man... I'll, tell you, I'll give you one. So this happened to us when we were in Florida. You tell me how you would have handled this. I mean, I, I'll tell you what I did. So we were in Cocoa Beach about a week ago. It might have been a week ago today, actually. And the way it was set up was you had um, an umbrella and you know a recliner and two like beach chairs. And you paid 30 bucks and you got your own space. And it was perfect because all we brought were towels because we were on vacation. So whatever. I spent the 30 bucks. We get, we get our area. Everything was fine. And so at, we were there early. So as things are starting to fill up, we ended up with a family of, <laughs> to our left, like five children, all between the ages of like two and four, and two parents that were just oblivious. And that was a struggle in and of itself. And my son's playing his music off his speaker. Not terribly loud, 
But if you were the one next to us, you could hear the music for sure. And so like one song came on and there was a curse word in it, which I knew. I said, is there, is this the edited one? If not, skip forward because the kids are right there. I can't have this. Then behind us, we ended up, we had um, the two umbrellas. Was uh, was a, uh, an African-American family. There had to have been, because it was two families. It was probably, I want to say it was like nine or ten people. It was like a family of six and a family of four. And they were together and they had all their stuff and... And then, the mu- and then the music is turning over. Now, my son has a very, like I do, a very big mix of music. Anything from the Wallflowers all the way up to Jay-Z and everything in between. And one of the new rap songs came on that I'm familiar with from, you know, being in the arenas and stuff. And I looked at him and I said, is, which version is this? And he's like, I don't know. I just downloaded it. Okay. And right on cue, the N-word starts popping left and right. And I looked at him, I'm like, you know what, please fast forward this. Not doing anything wrong. He's listening to the music. But if someone, you know, comes to confront you about it, what do you do? Right. So now would you be considered racist for just listening to it? I said to him, like, listen, I, I don't know how to handle it in these days. I'm like, do me a favor. I don't No, just for anything that's got any expletive, any, any, uh, anything with an N word, any F word, I don't want to hear it. I just fast forward. So he's like, you know what? He turned it off, put the radio on. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> right. That's a safe Just move. put the radio on. Put the radio on. But I was rules. sitting there like, I don't I, I don't know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what any of the right rules are, are anymore. How would you have handled it? I would I would have had it shut off as well. Yeah. Well, that's what we did. Just because who knows? I just wasn't sure. And no yeah. one said anything. And it was, we weren't blaring it on level 10. It was low. It wasn't, but it was just, I don't know. It's, I'm looking for no trouble when I'm out, Jerry. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I know. I want a nice, calm life. I'm with you. <sighs> Take a deep breath. <sighs> or two or three. I was trying to think like the earliest thing to me where somebody got in trouble for something they said. The earliest thing I could remember is Jimmy the Greek. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't, I don't remember a thing prior to that well, i don't know about you but i was i could jimmy the greek was what early 80s i had to be yeah so i couldn't have been more than nine or ten years yeah. old i don't know that i would remember any i'm sure there was i don't remember anything yeah prior to that though then we we're talking about uh, got into the show too like we said like espn and these these guys uh these networks hire these guys to be controversial and then when they're controversial they're like want them to apologize for everything and there are people at spotify who work at Spotify, who don't want Joe Rogan to be on there. Yeah. Because of some of his takes. And yet they do the Call Her Daddy podcast, which is all about very graphic sexual stuff. They do all these rap songs, all these pop music songs that you're referencing that cover all sorts of topics. Yeah. It's like, well, which is it? Yeah. My wife, there's one song that's out there now, but is it, I don't know if it's Doja Cat. I forget who it is. Doja Cat. But there's one that, she loves, and I said, have you ever looked at the lyrics of this without them blanking out all the words? She goes, no, I have an idea. I'm like, no, I don't think you do. She looked at them. She was mortified. Yeah. I'm like, what did you think they were bleeping out? You know? She goes, wow. She goes, ah, I just listened to it on the radio. I'm like, yeah, good choice. No, what I listen to now, Jerry, clean country music. Just I hear you. Just clean fun. All right. Although I did take notice that if you are in Alcoholics Anonymous or you struggle with alcohol. You don't you want to listen to that then. You can't listen to country music. No, you can't. Every song is about tequila or beers. Or breakups. 
breakups, getting it, drunk, yeah. whiskey. I would say, you tell me if you agree or not, one of the truest phrases you will ever hear in your lifetime, if not the truest. All right. You cannot please everyone. So it's hard. It, it's it's almost yourself. impossible. Right. It just is. You can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself was a song. I can't remember who sang Or in your case, pleasure yourself. Or pleasure yourself. <laughs> if you can't pleasure everyone, Jerry, pleasure yourself. Yeah. That sounds about right. Hmm. It's true, it's though, isn't weird. it? It's very weird. It's a very weird time. Yes. Very strange. Very much so. And I, as somebody who, like, loves controversial talk radio, it's so frustrating. Just... Because it's vanilla. Because it's vanilla. Yeah. It, it, it really is. See, I, and I was never... That's where me and you were different. I was never into that. I was more the hardcore sports radio yeah. type. Um, I didn't listen to Opie and Anthony. I didn't listen to Howard Stern. I didn't listen to Ron, Ron and Fez. Ron I, and Fez, yeah. Just would never was my cup of tea. But it was funny when you were saying, like, in sports talk, sometimes guys will take a side and yell yeah. the other thing. I remember many times when Craig was working in the morning, he'd come out during a break and someone would try to engage him in a topic he was just f yelling vigorously about, and he'd be like, I don't care. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm doing a show here. I know. Yeah, I don't engage me off the air about this. I don't care. He's probably the first person that I started listening to on an everyday basis that was, I don't I guess controversial is yeah. a good word, when he was at 101.5. Right. I found him when I was going to Chatham all those days with the non-school. <laughs> uh, I found him in the afternoon, and it was every day I listened to him. Now, he was at, at that station. It, it was They only owned like one or two radio stations at the time. So again, like you could be more like when you when you work at a company that owns all these radio stations and then you people do get maddy and then all of a sudden they say, Oh, we're gonna boycott not only the station you're on, but all of your stations and we're gonna get all the advertisers. That's different than if you just have one radio station like Craig had in that situation at one oh one five and if he was doing something silly and people were mad at it, if the company was like, Well, yeah, he's that's That's our guy. Yeah, we're we're cool with it. Yeah. You know, it's just a different, it's just a weird, such a weird time. Mm, different dynamic for different sure. Different dynamic, yep. Jerry. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, listen. Is that good therapy for you? It was good therapy, I think. All right. What about the warm up show? How I do liked we feel it actually about that? today. How do we feel about the warm up show, Jerry? I feel good. Okay. And by the way, I'm enjoying everyone sending me pictures of them in their warm up show shirts. Most, yes, I've seen some of those as well. It's been 100% dudes. Wow, what did you think it wasn't going to be? So 100% of the purchases of the warm-up show Buzz No Buzz t-shirts have been dudes. Although I would think Nicole will buy one. That's true. And She's not a dude. There's Jamie. She also reaches out to us on Twitter a lot. I would think She's she not might. a dude. Maybe she'll buy one. I think it's very possible. Okay. So there's a, here's Christine. Christine, right? She, she reaches out a lot. Right. So we got a, we right, got a Jerry, chance here. A you point. never know. You never know. That's a fair point. We, why don't we make women's cuts in these uh, shirts? We sh well, Jerry, let's we sell a, out of these first. Jerry, we have a vast women audience. You and uh, I. Uh, an audience of three? Yeah, it's vast. <laughs> Good Lord. A vast women's audience of three listeners. <laughs> We've named them all. All right, let's get out of here. All right, Jerry, warm up next. So
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Actually, quite good, if you ask me. 503, what's up? It's the warm-up show. His name, the Eddie Scazzeri. He's the one with the magical fingers, at least with the control room and the board and all that stuff. And then to my left, his name is Al Vlad Guerrero Dukes. What's up there, Al? How are you? Good morning, Jerry. I was listening to Sal as I do the last hour of his, his By program. By the way, I heard the first hour of Sal. Oh, how was that? Oh, you heard the... He's on at midnight, midnight. Jerry. Yes, I heard the you, first hour of you Sal. You were up that early or uh, not in I bed yet? I had sleeping issues. All right. And let's just say by 12-12, I said... Holy Lord, he's got to do this till 5 o'clock. Right. I, know, I, I believe you're going to die soon. I believe he's going to die soon. I know. I can't believe it. Like, when he goes, uh, when I see his tweets and it goes, I'll be on the fan from midnight to 5. I'm like, holy moly. Well, how about on a night like last night, too? Holy shmoly. Like, he he opened a show. God bless him. He opened a show with the All-Star game, which I understand. But it was pretty much about how the game was boring and the marketing of the players is horrendous. And... I don't think he's wrong on either, and the uniforms are terrible, and he mentioned that. And then I'm thinking, kind of like an Al Dukes podcast back in the day, and then what happened? And how did that end? My God. So then to hear him in the final hour, he made it. And he mentioned something in the final hour, which I always think about, which is uh, the game roulette when you go to the casinos. Yeah. And when you look at, at the, you know, they put up the results electronically for each roulette table, whether yeah. red, you know, what number came out. And I know the statisticians and math people will tell you that, well, there are, there are there is the zero and double zero, yeah. which which makes it not 50-50 to come out red or green. But let's say red it's or, right. red or black. Yes. So let's say it is 50-50. Let's say there's no greens on the board. Yeah. And, but, and I know statistically it could come out red every time from here to infinity. But when I see it's come out red eight times in a row, I'm betting I'm black. Mm-hmm. But the math people will tell you it's still fifty fifty. It's still fifty fifty, well, which I don't is. believe. Well, I think I think I believe. I don't believe math. I believe the uh, well. Sure, you do. You tell me twelve hundred tells you the right stats of a. That's poll. true. Uh, I believe if you wanted the odds for red to come out eight straight times, like those odds would be not great. Right. But if you every time the ball was spun or thrown around the wheel. You have a 50-50 shot, of course, of it being either or. Yeah, I still think... St- but we're taking the green out of play, as you said. Taking the green out of play. But if you're saying that in order to get it eight times in a row red, that would be higher odds... Then well, it, they are. Then it, then it makes sense that statistically it shouldn't be 50-50 to come out each, red. Each singular so roll, though, is 50-50. It's like they say that when, times you, in a row. when you flip a coin. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So each singular time I flip a coin, it's 50-50. It's 50-50. But to say you're going to get heads eight times in a row is not 50-50. Yeah, see, the math does that doesn't work out for me. I'm, I'm confused by that. Well, it does because it resets after every spin. We go back to zero. Well, yeah. Hmm. As opposed to saying, all right, I. it's kind of like a friend of mine once said, 
And a friend of yours, I believe, once said... Who's this? It, what? Who's our friend? Well, Craig, back in the day. Oh, okay, yep, he Craig. Would, and this is back in the day. This isn't recently. He would say, if you've got the chops for it, you're like, uh, you're eight hands away from basically, you know, winning $100,000. And I remember saying, well, how is that? He goes, well... You're playing blackjack, you bet $10. You win, you make it a $20 bet. You win, you make it 40 then it's 80 then it's 160 320 And then I forget what the number, maybe it's 9 whatever. But it, the way it doubles, you get to where the numbers get crazy. And theoretically, I mean, you got a good chance every time, but to do to win eight, nine times in a row is really hard. It's difficult. It's very, Of course it is. The odds are against you. Then uh, while I have uh, Sal on in the studio, we also have various sports networks on, CBS Sports Network at the time. They're showing bowling. And bowling to me, there's a, a, a few sports, Jerry, where I feel like if you are a professional, you should be able to be perfect every single time. And bowling is one of them. If you are a professional bowler, how do you not throw a strike every time? Because you're not a perfect person. There but, is no such thing. But random fat guys with a Budweiser in their hand throw multiple strikes in a row at the local sure. bowling alley. Yeah. Well, you but you know you do know pro bowlers, they play on uh oiled lanes. Slick surfaces? Yes. And it's, it's not, different oh, slickness. Yeah. It's like it's like the um the professional golfers. If you go to a really nice golf course, you can have some tough greens, but they will pale in comparison to like the Masters. How for the or the US Open, how fast that they will roll the greens. So even though it looks like the same, it is different. And no one, listen, there's no one, there's no one perfect in, in sports ever. Like, there's just never been. Because what, mentally you're, you're battling yourself? There's a yourself? lot that goes into it, sure. I mean, Yvonne Lendl double faulted. Yes. And you would think, how can you not hit the ball in the box? Correct. You know, Novak Djokovic has double faulted. I mean, it just happens. Or like pro golfers. That can't hit the fairway. Yes. Yeah, I agree This is what you. I'm talking about, Jerry. Let's yeah. explore. Because there's more to it. There's the moment. There's the, you know, what's in, in in between the ears, as you say. There's what's inside your heart, Hal. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. That's why that's why I said, remember a couple weeks ago, I said the uh, the Women's U.S. Open, they had a, I thought it was really cool that they had the heartbeat rate on the screen of each individual player. That's, you learn something there. I think that's kind of cool. When you see that someone's heart rate is much higher, they're more nervous sure. or they're more intense at the like moment. Like if you've got, let's say you've got, a, I don't even know, I don't even know the young up-and-coming golfers at this point other than the big names we know of. But let's say you've got a 19-year-old um, going to the first tee at the British Open, and it's his first professional event, and he's from London, England. And he, go, he goes up to that first tee. You're going to tell me his heart rate is not going to be through the roof for that first tee shot? I mean, I, maybe it wouldn't be, but I would think he would be all gassed up, I would think. Versus a veteran. Yeah, like, like Ernie Els going to the first tee, if he even still plays. I'm not even sure. Um, you would think his heart rate would be lower because yeah. he's been there he's before. Been there, done that. It's the first tee shot, whatever. Doesn't mean, you know, not that it doesn't mean anything, but it's not changing his life. But a 19-year-old in his first professional event or his first professional major, that could be something. You could see that heart rate. Darts is another one. Why can't you throw a bullseye every time? Darts is a barroom event. I see. It's a sport. A barroom event. Now, cornhole. Now, that's a sport. Yeah, Jerry, why can't professional cornhole players just throw that bag right into the hole every time? Well, some of them do, actually. Some of them do it quite often. 
So last night was the All-Star game, Jerry. And I had an idea for the All-Star game. Not play it? <laughs> you play the All-Star game, right? You yeah. you have teams. You've got a lineup of nine guys. Yeah. But the pitcher is the pitcher who throws home run derby. So, like, Pete you Alonso. can't do that. Well, this is my idea. So, Pete Alonso comes up and his guy. Right. Who we mentioned many times yesterday, whose name escapes me. Jouse. Jouse. He gets to come out there. What a, what a game that would be. Yeah, I guess. Don't you think? No, I don't. You're not watching that? No, I'm not. Are you more likely to watch my idea, Home Run Derby slash actual All-Star game, or the actual All-Star game? I would say if you were going to do it for an inning, I might tune in the inning. But that gets old real quick. That'd be such a high-scoring game. Did you see Max Scherzer almost get killed? Uh, yeah, why am I even The asking? line drive? Yes. Of course I saw it. What inning did it happen in? First. Look at you. So if Only because I know he started the game. Yeah, well, true. If you put a guy out there that doesn't have the, the reaction or the reflexes, someone will get killed. Yeah, but you put him behind that uh, No, you can't put guard. a screen on the yeah, field put a in a screen game. on the field. Okay, and a guy hits a line drive up the middle, hits the screen, then what? Out. What is this, like street stickball, automatic single? Automatic out. No, come on. I, I know what you're saying, but no, I don't I don't care for that. Because we got a, like, a low-scoring game. What was the final score? It was 5-2. Score? It wasn't low-scoring. Yeah. It wasn't. Wasn't two one, but I think like in whenever there's all star games, they never no one ever plays defense. Although here in baseball, you've baseball got pitchers, they actually right? do play. They, they play. Yeah, I mean baseball is of the the NBA one is a complete and utter joke. The hockey one is even worse, and the football one is silly, stupid. The baseball one, say what you want about it, they actually do they play baseball. Like they are out there throwing. They are. Remember, was it right? Guys don't want to give up home runs or hits. Who was it? And I'm not even going to ask you, Eddie. Do you, you could remember? Ask me, Jerry, I know. Okay. Was it which Met pitcher was it mm-hmm. several years ago when Joe Buck was like, you know, hello, my name is so and so. Was that Degrom or was that Syndergaard DeGrom. or Harvey? Degrom. That was Degrom. Okay. Like he was out there trying. Yeah. You know, Otani last night didn't go out there looking to throw cookies. He was out there trying. Right. You don't want to look embarrassed. No, of course not. You want not. to dominate. So it really is the best of the bunch of the All-Star games for what it is. Would you say the best of the best, Jerry? No, because the other three suck. Oh. Then uh, they say, so Vlad Guerrero had a home run. Vlad Guerrero yeah. Jr. His father. His dad a little old now. A little older. 468 feet, I believe it was measured at. Hi, I'm Jacob DeGrom. Oh, hi, Jacob DeGrom. Now, they said it was the 200th home run in All-Star Game history. Okay. I thought there'd be a lot more. Uh, well, yeah, I would think that so, too. That was a low number to me. Because I think it was the 91st one. So that means you've only hit, well. Two home runs a game? I guess if you, but That's if you silly. go, but you know what, Al? If you go back to your time, the 80s. Oh, I love the 80s, Jerry. Well, a home run hitter, like a monster home run hitter. Give me his numbers for a season. To be, to be 35. Cons- right. To be considered a big-time home run hitter. Yeah. If a guy hit 40 home runs in the 80s before things got a little wacky, like, we were like, man. Like, I remember I remember Strawberry hit 39 one year, and I was like, wow. Otani's got 33 at the All-Star break. <laughs> How about when George Foster hit 52? That was what? That was sure. 10. That was with the Reds, right? Yeah. That was like 10 to 12 more than was usual back then. Like when Babe Ruth hit more than teams hit. Yeah. but My we, point is the home run it was not through the years like it has been recently. 
So I guess when I think of it and put it in that perspective, I guess it makes sense because it is more than two a game. Did we question George Foster back then when he hit 52 home runs? Were people like, what was up with this guy? Yeah, I think he, he was, was tested for steroids. Because he was thin. He it was, was not like he was a big, bulky guy, George Foster. No, he Foster. was very, he was, you're right. We had him in here in studio. George Foster? Yeah, and I remember how odd it was because uh, Boomer was out. It was during the summer, and Craig and Chris Christie hosted you're kidding and george foster was in and he Ooh. was an odd dude what was he pushing who knows why the hell was george foster in that's funny yeah but he was odd like he was an interesting odd dude is he still alive george foster i hope so no craig yes george craig foster. is still alive does yes. afternoons <laughs> i know right here yes george foster yeah george foster i believe is still alive hmm yeah he if i him and dave kingman were like the first for me as a kid were the first home run hitters. The monster home for runs. me. Yeah. You know, of course you grew up with, you know, names like Aaron and Ruth and th- but in terms of watching and getting into baseball, yeah. like those were the home run hitters of my childhood. For sure. Dave Kingman for me still is my favorite home run hitter I know. of all time. I know. And you still think you get it home. Here's what you do. Yes, I do, do every still all, think every he all, hit a home run. How about run. this? Every all star game? Yeah. You put a legend in the lineup. Yes. Like how they do, like, uh, you could p- play in MLB The Show. You could pick legends. Right. So, like, you could have said last night for the American League team, maybe Don Mattingly hit eighth. <laughs> I would see that. I would be I interested know you would. In. That would be cool. Now, would he go up against an old man pitcher as no. well? So, like, Otani would face Don Mattingly. Yes. Well, he'd get blown away. I don't know about that. I mean, some guys might, but other guys might be okay. How about this? Don Mattingly would bat eighth, but when you say to Otani, listen, when the old guy comes up, just you know, nothing crazy. Just get it, throw it. Don't throw a floater, but like a regular fastball. I'll give you one. No sliders. How about this? You want the old-time pitcher. All right, yes. so let's do this. So from a historical series, at one point in the game, ladies and gentlemen of Denver, please welcome to the mound, Mike Scott. <laughs> now batting. Keith Hernandez. Oh, Jerry. I would watch that. <laughs> I know. Now, that would be cool. And it's I would one watch at bat. That. One at bat. And then the game resumes. Yes. That I would, would watch fun. that. There you go. Who do we talk to? Rob Manfred? Yeah, everybody seems to hate him. So maybe he I might be open to suggestions. Everyone, everyone, always, <laughs> everyone always hates commissioners. Why? <laughs> I know. What is so bad with Rob Manfred? Uh, what did I, he ever do? Well, I think you. I think... I think fans don't like, especially in baseball's case. Yeah. Now that they're, you know, they got to discuss the CBA. Remember what happened last year? There was a lot of fugaziness going on trying to get baseball back during the pandemic. And yes. I think there are some people that blamed him for the crap he tried to pull, and they blame the players for what they were trying to pull in terms of coming back. It's a pandemic, and you just get on the damn field. That was part of it. And I think there's, I think people just don't like authority. But it's like Roger Goodell gets booed every time they every do a time. draft. Why? I I they hate him. Football is at its Beningo ultimate peak ever. Hates him, and I I've never understood why. I feel like people do like Adam Silver though. Yeah, well, because of all Adam, the commissioners. Uh, well, because Adam Silver came in and took over the job at a very awkward time with Donald Sterling, and swiftly kicked his ass out of the league. Is that right? So he earned he I mean high praise immediately, and he's also been one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe not Batman. I feel like Silver, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like Silver, and maybe David Stern too, 
to a point, was the first one to really come out and say, we are partners with the players. And I think that that kind of lends itself to people saying he's one of them, he's on their side, while still trying to protect the game as well. I don't know if that makes sense, but that would be my my take. Whereas the other guy, and the other thing people hate about Goodell is when they find out how much money he makes. I mean, the league makes a fortune. The players make a fortune. I mean, hey, good for you. Hey, good for you. What are you going to say? We got to take a break. Uh, It is 5 bathroom. What? I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I've noticed this about you. What? This is every show now, but the show's only an hour. Right. Like, what would you do if you're sitting here for four hours? Oh, I'd go during the breaks. Often. Every break. Often, yeah, because I drink coffee. And water. I have uh, I don't drink water till later on, but I'm drinking coffee All in right. my second cup. Jerry. So Al is going to go run to mm-hmm. the bathroom. Yes, We're I We're going to take a quick break. I promise we'll be back. We've got a lot more to do. I'm not sure what, but I know Al's got a lot on the topic sheet. I've got a lot of art of items here, Jerry. Perfect. Uh, so it's the warm-up show until 6, Boomer and Geo then on the fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry. Number one with Meathead in the gym. Oh, who Let's get down meathead? tonight. Is this uh, Smokey Robinson? <laughs> it's sexual healing, but it's not Marvin Gaye. Oh, okay. This is Soul Asylum. There was an alternative rock record back in the day where they put this out, Jerry. No one heard it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not you know, true. Speaking of music. Yeah. The, I'm trying to name it. See, I can't do this when music's rolling. The Spinners in the 70s. The Spinners, yeah. I'm trying to think of the song. It was like a pop song. And I'm trying. The Spinners had songs in the 60s, didn't they? The Spinners? Yeah. That I don't know. You what? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, they were from a long time ago. I know. Just Google it. I could. Just Google it. Eddie, what would be the most popular Spinner song? The Rubber Band Man. Okay. So that's, that's early 70s. That's you know the rubber 60s. band, man? Yes, so do you. Can you pop that up, Eddie, really quick? I have to. You know the song, too. What does that mean, the rubber band man? What do you I think don't know. that means? I probably have to listen to the lyrics. It's probably something terrible. Sexual? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Everything's always sexual. He's very bendy. Right. Who knows? The bendy rubber band man. But I, I heard a song by them that I would have never in a million years thought it was the Spinners. And I can't think of the name of it right now. It's, I would say, late 70s, might even have been like 1980. And I was curious if you knew, was that like their last hurrah? Like Working last... my way back to you? Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I never knew that that was the Spinners. This is like oldies today, Jerry. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Come on. But I, was, I heard this, I'm thinking, this has got to be like their last hit. Yeah, that I, I'm not really that familiar with the Spinners. I'm well, you aware know those they, two songs. I'm aware they exist. I know those two songs. I'll bet you. And you that's know more. a Four Seasons cover right now. Maybe that's right. Maybe oh, that's why. Really? Yeah, that's oh, I didn't right. know that. That's I only right. know this version. This is the version to me that's most popular. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah, bet the other you, one sounds like it's from the '60s. I'll bet you if you played another Spinner song, you would know it. All right, Jerry. Well, I'm going to play their second most popular song. Oh, well, wasn't on more. Come on, of course you know this. 
I do? Yes. Yeah, you know. Of course you do. This is called It's a Shame. It's a shame. No? I don't know. Come on. I like the guitars, I'm surprised. It's a shame. I'm surprised you don't know that. By the way, a fellow named Alex Diaz, Jerry, reached out to me on Twitter and said, you said, why does a, why can't a bowler throw a strike every time? Well, why can't a baseball player hit every time? Well, because a baseball player is going up against another professional baseball player. It's like, why can't a golfer put the ball right down the middle of the fairway when the ball's on a tee and not moving? Right. He's not going up against another professional. Same thing we mentioned with the tennis reference. You're hitting the ball into the box. So, Alex Diaz, you're wrong. <laughs> you're simply wrong, man. You sound like Sal now. <laughs> Get lost, <laughs> Alex Diaz. He did one last night. I got to go find it. He did this crying impersonation. Sal I, did? I think Sal's losing his mind. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I think he is. I think he sees 12 to 5. And he's like, what? Oh, my God. I wonder when it hits him. We're like, oh, my God. Um, when he wakes up. Like a two- I believe you're going to die soon. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to die. We put out a, for digital, Jerry, this was a digital digital. Exclu- a digital exclusive. Who loves digital? A WFAN digital exclusive. All right. Uh, we put out a, a video yesterday of um, f- you bringing up the 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 fake call. The fake call where yeah. Geo called Sal and pranked him. All right. Said he was going to die, and then Geo video called Sal to tell him it was him. Oh, really? And Sal had no idea. Oh, it was I didn't like see a genuine this. reaction. No, it's tremendous. You didn't see it. <laughs> oh. It's a digital exclusive. Did it get a lot of views? I, I have to look. All right. I'm always disappointed in the views. I'll be honest with you, Jerry. Well, Let's I would see. agree with you, especially, and this is nothing against them, but yeah. when you feel like you're putting out good content. Yeah, digital. When you, when you see Did you like, say digital? <laughs> when you see Barstool puts out a video, and within an hour it's got like 100,000 views. Exactly. Just to start. And then you sit there and you think you put something out that's really good and you see like yeah, twelve thousand. Like, well, here's it. what we got. I, I put out uh, I I I tweeted on the morning show account two different videos yesterday. Okay. One, uh, Geo's flat tire situation where there was video of a uh, uh, Geo discussing it and video of Big Zoo going to get the tire. It was, it was a combination that got fifteen thousand views. Then the Geo Sal combination video also got well. Th- this almost got sixteen thousand views. I'm with you. Not great. Not great. We can do better. So, for example, the woman that uh, went into the subway that was flooded. Yeah. Remember she went yes. swimming I was in the away. subway? I did see that. 15 million views. So we're, yeah, yeah, wow. We're a little behind. Well, in fairness, yes. that video also crosses over multiple people of and different parts of the country. Like, right, all over the country. Like, that is interesting to everybody. And the, the world, I would say, Jerry. Probably, yeah, I would think so. Because that was bizarre. Like, how about the fact that that woman did that, wouldn't you think there's a risk of electrocution? Tuberculosis, electrocution. To What? Tuberculosis, something. I would think you'd get a disease going in sewer water that's in the subway. But, yes, electrocution, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. I mean, what the hell is going on? And then the train's going by. The train showed up. Very strange. She hopped right in it. Yeah. I'm wondering why we didn't do this before, Jerry. Before meaning like this morning? No, this seems like, for example, uh, pro football reference went back. and they know what you're going to do. They counted the sacks. Back before 
we were counting sacks in football. My answer to you, yeah, why this hasn't been done before, yes, is because if you took a minute to think about how many years of pro football there yeah. have been and how many games and how many countless hours of film, my guess is this has probably been going. This has been an ongoing process for years. So Pro Football Reference went back to all of the games and counted up the sacks that happened pre-1982, which nice. is when they started counting. Deacon Jones? Deacon Jones led the NFL in sacks a record five times yeah, he, when they went back. He always claimed that if they had counted them in his day that he would be the champ. Well, they went back and counted them. How many did Randy White have? They Well, I don't have all the, oh. all the rundowns, but no player has ever had that kind of run as a pass rusher yeah. as Deacon Jones did uh, five times. Then Al Bubba Baker, who I saw on Shark Tank a couple years ago. No kidding. An incredibly popular, very wealthy man now because of ribs that he sells. Oh, okay. He sells them in the supermarket. Nice. Al Bubba Baker ribs. Okay. Which I thought right anyone next, can make ribs. Right next to Tony Roma? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I've never... But Damon Damon Johns went in on it, and I remember I remember Googling it afterwards because I watched it on yeah. a rerun. I was like, let me see how this Al Bubba, Bubba Baker ribs are doing, killing it. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Anyway, Jerry, he was told that uh, he had 22, 23 sacks during his rookie season, the most in a single season. What was it twelve in games? Four, history. How many games? Twelve, fourteen, probably fourteen. What year was it? This was in uh, his rookie season. I don't know what year that and was. And Brett Favre didn't lay down for him for exactly. the record. Which is a half a sack more than Michael Strahan's Fugazi record that Brett Favre laid down, as Eddie said, and gave him the sack. Yeah. So, Jerry, I... You know, some people say they don't count Barry Bonds. Yeah, home yeah. Run. They say my home run king is Hank Aaron. My sack leader, Jerry is the rib man, Al Bubba Baker. Now, what about total career sacks? Is it Deacon or is it still is it Reggie White, uh, Jerry? I did not see an update for that. Okay. And, Al, there's also many, many games from the 20s and probably early 30s with no video. So how are they going to do that? We right. can't even – we don't even know if those games existed. <laughs> they existed. On there were paper. people that were there that saw them. Of course, they're dead. But the, you're right. Like, the, the countless hours of – yeah, and you got to be careful if you're watching these statistically and fast forwarding. You can't, you can't miss skip. one. Can't right. skip. That's exactly right. I mean, you're also. I guarantee you, they were also updating touchdown passes. You know, um, I, well, maybe. No, I guess not. That's always been a stat. Now, this is still an unofficial record because the NFL yeah, is no, no, still recognizing the 1980. I wonder when it, when in 1982 someone said. Why don't we start counting these sacks? Well, but I don't know. I don't know the answer to this because yeah. in 1982 I was eight. Mm. I don't even know if they considered them sacks. Weren't they, they just, just tackles behind the line yeah. of scrimmage? Like yes. there was no official term for that, right? So that's probably when when they came up with the term and made it a an official stat. And when it was the New York Sack Exchange? Is that like eighty one? Um, the sack exchange like was uh, wasn't it a little earlier it, than that? It, no, it kind of bridged the area of before and after. New right. York Sack Exchange. Gastelum, Lions, Salam, and... Abdul Salam. And who is the fourth? Klecko. Klecko. Salam is the one that people always have trouble with. 1981. It was 81. Okay. A fan by the name of Dan O'Connor submitted the New York Sack Exchange name to a preseason contest that the Jets were running, looking for nicknames. That's awesome. And that was been, that was a good one. 
No doubt. Winner, winner. All right. 20- Everyone always forgets Abdul Salam. Like, That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. That's why I. Yeah. You That's said why him second, I, I believe. If someone yes. if someone ever asks me who was the, I don't even say Gastineau or Klecko first. I go Abdul Salam just to show people like this guy knows 1980s pro football. Nice. I send a message with my answers. Who led the Jets in sacks in 2020? 2020, Jerry. No one watches. <laughs> 536. <laughs> More than halfway home. Boomer and Geo at the top. Don't go anywhere. It's a wacky Wednesday or something like that. On the fan. Al and Jerry, longtime tag team champions. Oh, nice to have you with us. It is the morning after the baseball all-star game. We are in between the well, the game and the second part of the season, which starts tomorrow with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Mets back on Friday night. So lots happening in the sport. Well, not really. Jerry, we were talking about Al Bubba Baker, and yes. I told you I saw him on uh, Shark Tank from a number of years ago, and yeah. he's making like a ton of money now with yeah. his ribs. Uh, Mike Dingman on Twitter says that Al Bubba Baker has a patent on a process to debone the ribs. He's the only one that actually has real deboned ribs. How's that possible? This guy's deboning ribs. I don't know. The whole point of the rib was to eat the meat off the rib. Boneless. No, you want boneless ribs, Jerry. It's like having yeah, isn't a it boneless the, chicken wings. Isn't that the fun part of it, though? Eating it off the bone? Boneless. Boneless. Yeah, like I boneless. If you no. want boneless, sorry, that's fine. I but like isn't boneless. the fun part you get the you get the whole rib thing and then you get the wet nap bone on bone you, action yeah and then you get the whole the sauce all over your face well morning. I enjoy your bone well I what? personally don't like to think that I'm eating an animal so if I could eat things off the bone go boneless I will always go boneless you're a you boneless trouble guy. eating the bone so you're a boneless guy I'm a boneless guy Jerry because I don't like the idea that I'm, that I'm eating an animal right so if I can just eat the boneless version, uh, then I don't see the animal's bones or its tendons or any of that. Boneless. Stuff. Boneless. Yeah, like even right. when I go to a Chinese restaurant, you can get, there's some places will, you know, spare ribs, very popular. Yeah. They sometimes are boneless, which is just that candied meat. So you're always going boneless. And you're, so you're the opposite of Mary Moon. Mary Moon? What the hell is Mary Moon? What are you setting yourself up for here? Nothing. <laughs> Well, what is Mary Moon? Is that that song? Yes. She's a vegetarian. She don't like meat. But she likes the bones. What? Boneless. The point is here, Jerry, is that when given the option of bone or boneless, I go boneless. You seem to like the bone. You think it's fun to maneuver the the meat off the bone. Yeah. I I mean, I think in certain cases, like you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm not looking for boneless wings. Give me wings. I'm like, where's the boneless section? Yeah. All right. No, that's fine. I listen to each his own. Although I don't really know the difference between a nugget, a boneless, or a chicken strip. They're all the same thing. Pretty much. Right? I would agree with that. Just yes. the size. Yes. Chicken strip, for whatever reason, is longer. A long bone. You got the nugget is the smallest. No, popcorn version, smallest. Yes. Then nugget, then boneless. Then the strip. Then strip. Yeah. Jerry, then the it, cutlet. Then the cutlet. Love is. the cutlet. And then the largest one is the, what are they? The breast. Well, no, then they make the one where they pound it out. Oh, that's like a veal thing, a veal milanese. Oh, where yeah. Where they yeah. pound that out. That's really big. They take the mallet. Yeah. You smack <laughs> Yes. And think of what we're doing to animals. We're killing them for food. Then we're beating their meat. <laughs> 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 
and then eating them. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Have for years and years and years and years. What is going on? Yeah, well, hunters and gatherers. ESPN Jerry has revealed the premiere date for the four-part 30 for 30. I'm glad you brought this up. On the 86 Mets. All right. So we've had how many Mets in 1986 Mets in the studio? Many of them. We've had how many books written? Uh, Many books. What the hell are we possible? I said this to my son the other day when I saw the trailer. Yeah. Which looks fine. What are we going to learn about the 86 Mets now in 2021 that has not already been talked about, discussed, and revealed? Well, here's the thing. No one reads books. Davy Johnson was a weed smoker. Like, what are we that really going to cool. find out? All right, but I think seeing it versus reading it, I think if we, not that there was video cameras rolling well, during these we crazy already, stories. Have we seen it already? See, I'm still interested in this. You're a Met fan. I'm not yeah. saying you wouldn't be. 86 Met fan in particular, Jerry. It's my favorite 1980s baseball. And I'm not saying I won't watch it. My question is, am I going to learn anything from it? Will you be intrigued is the real question. Like, will you, will after you watch part one, which, by the way, September 14th will premiere. Hasn't it already been revealed that there were certain players that were having sex with female fans yeah. during games? Yes, that's been revealed. What else is there? The craziest story was the Kevin Mitchell story. Which we've heard. Where he was having an argument with his girlfriend and he cut her cat's head off. Yeah. We know about Bobby Ojeda and the shrubbery. Like, we've heard all these stories. I don't. I just don't know what else is there. Because now you're talking about they've held the secret for 31 years? After 31 years, the secrets are revealed. I mean, Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez are on TV every night, and they sit there and talk about those times <laughs> daily. You don't think that anything... That something has to be revealed. I don't know about that. It's called Once Upon a Time in Queens. It's a four-parter, 30 for 30, September 14th. I think it's just going to be another... I'm not saying it won't be good. I'm sure it'll be very well done. I think it's just going to be another look at the 86 Mets in, in a different way, but we still know everything. Like, I feel I know everything about the JonBenet Ramsey murder mystery other than who actually did it, which we don't know. <laughs> but I'll watch another documentary on it. If another but, one came out, I'm in yes, for another but it, one. But here's the thing. You still don't have the answer. That's true. So perhaps a new documentary might focus on a different angle and give you a different perspective to come up with a different theory on who did it. At the end of the day, the 86 Mets still beat the Astros, still beat the Red Sox, still won the World Series. You know, we know Ray Knight still punched Eric Davis. In the, was it Eric Davis? Who Eric knows? Davis. Was it Eric Davis? Yeah. Punched yes. him in the face in Cincinnati. Yep. Right you know, the they were shuffling pitchers back and forth. Like... I don't know. What are we going to learn? Why did he punch him in the face again? He probably said something to him. I don't remember. He exactly slid into why. third, came up, kind of shoved him. Oh, is that right? When he, when he did the pop up slide, Davis. Eric Davis did the pop up slide and Correct. shoved Ray Knight and, yeah. Ray Knight and, and then punched Ray Knight him in the face. Yeah. Right. I just, I don't know. That's a team, Jerry. That is a team with team chemistry. You pop up on me, they and hit, shove well, me, I'll out. punch you right in the face. No, I don't know about team chemistry. I think they couldn't stand each other. Oh. I mean, it worked on the field, yes. But I think Gary Carter was like, that's another thing we've learned through the years in books. I think his book, if I remember correctly, where he said he felt like he was, you know, the lone wolf because he was very uh, religious and didn't approve of a lot of what the guys were doing at night, the way they were out late and blah, 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 blah. You know, I I don't know that they were all buddy-buddy. Right. Matter of fact, didn't the 86 Met video begin with the fight in spring training? Oh, about with the team photo. Yes, 
So I'm not so sure they were all best buds, <laughs> but it did work on the field. You've gotten me more pumped up for this documentary. Now I want to see more of it now, Jerry. I need I need it all. When's it coming out again? September 14th. September? If it's ready, why not put it out That's now? That's what I always think. There's This would have been perfect. Tonight? Right, Come why on. wait for the NFL? Right. This would be the night, the day after the All-Star game. You've got nothing going on. All right, the NBA Finals at 9 p.m., fine. Al's going to be all wrapped up in red zone. No time for the. I have not that. time for this. You're right, wow. Jerry. Let's put it out. You're right. When they're like, this movie is uh, like when a movie's ready to go and they go, uh, it'll be out next summer. Put it out now. I'm we might with all you. be dead next summer. The, or, or what next if I week? die before September, Jerry, and I'm not going to get to see this film? Well, the good news for you is you know pretty much everything about the 86 Mets already. Oh. So if that does happen, and I certainly hope it doesn't. Let's hope not. At least you will have gone to your next life. My I next guess. life, yeah. Uh, having known about the 86 Mets. Or probably in my next life, I'm not even going to care about the 86 Mets. Uh, the, very true. That's possible. That's very true. You could be a lawyer. I'd I feel to be like a you, you know what I feel like? If there is a next life, mm-hmm. I feel like you'd be a brain surgeon. Really? Because it's one of those things you feel like you could be trained to do anything. Yes. I feel like your next life, you might be motivated to want to learn something really tough. Brain surgery. Like you can't be as boring in your next life as right. this one. It can't be possible. Right. My next life would have to be more exciting. You probably in your next life, I'm with 12 children. <laughs> A brain surgeon with 12 children. Yes. And I volunteer. And then when in people India. say, God, 12 children, you're like, oh, it ain't brain surgery. Oh, it's, almost, <laughs> it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> Rocket surgery? That's what David Lee Roth used to we used to instead of rocket science mix things up. Oh, he like did that. it on purpose. He did it on purpose. Yeah, that was really funny. He'd say it's not How'd rocket surgery. that show sur- go? He said not rocket surgery. Yeah. That show didn't go well. I wonder why. He's ahead of his time. <laughs> How so? Being boring? I mean, what ahead of his time? What a terrible show that was. Well <laughs> He was the fr- was that show that's his last week's news tonight or something like that? Isn't there a show John on HBO? Oliver. Yeah, that guy's a punk. That was David Lee Roth on radio. He did yesterday's news today. <laughs> today, <laughs> so stupid. We hope you absorbed this yesterday. We'll discuss today. It was <laughs> now like the homework we've got assignment. it. Now we talk. Now I've got the it. The immediacy Jerry. of radio. All right, quick break. Uh, we're coming up on the top of the hour, and then we'll get you Boomer and Geo on what's going to be an awesome Wednesday. They got surprises up their sleeve, like you have no idea. Right now, we've got an Odyssey Sports Minute. Her name is Amy Lawrence on Big Ben. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. I got a couple more minutes to get you to Boomer and Geo. You had the All-Star game last night. The American League won yet again, 5-2. NBA Finals, game four tonight with the Suns up 2-1 on Milwaukee. That game in Milwaukee. And I saw good news, Jerry. Our Team USA basketball finally beat down a country we should be dominating, Argentina. They won by 28. I don't even know where Argentina is. No idea. It's over there. I know it's on a continent. I don't know what continent it is, but South we, America, South Europe. America. But we beat them down finally, so we're back. Doesn't matter. America's back, Jerry. It means nothing. Twelve we, days is when it matters. We lost to Nigeria Does, and Australia. No. Actually, we didn't. It didn't count, which was embarrassing. It's a scrimmage. It means so nothing. So we're back. The powers are back. They never Jerry. went anywhere. America is on their way to the gold. How many? How many uh, Olympic basketball games will you watch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to answer that. I was actually just a <laughs> zero just to throw out there. <laughs> zero, Jerry. I know that. How many minutes will you watch? Zero. Zero. But zero. You know what I want? When I wake up in the morning and I see the sports news, I want to see us winning by thirty points a game because this is America's game. Now, why do you not take the same tact on every sport in the Olympics? Because I feel like the other countries. What? 
like train for some of the dumber sports. And we don't. And we don't. Of course no, we, we do. do. Of course but we do. We do ba- basketball, football, baseball. Basketball is a global game now. Yeah, I don't believe that. You got NBA guys on every roster. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. You Why? Play in the NBA. You mean foreign guys on NBA on the NBA roster? Yeah. yeah, like if you play in the NBA, you you should get to play on the American team so that we could beat down these other countries. That's not the way it works, especially if they're not an American born. You know that. Yeah, I know. I don't like that rule. It's like, like you, you said, listen to on your hour for your yes. chance to score no, Yanks Red Sox tickets to catch the game Dodge tomorrow it, yes. night at Yankee Stadium. It's a special box office blitz today until 6 p.m. on the fan, WFAN, and WFAN FM, New York, and Odyssey Station.